This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. So, we um, thank you. That word is just a confirmation of what we're going to talk about this morning. Last Sunday I spoke in the Afrikaans service um, about the Yerusalit and the song of the Lord. And our theme for this year is Let's Stand. You know, it was so great to to meet up with the Chief Justice this week. For those of you who missed the opportunity, you can still go and watch it on Facebook. It will really encourage you for our nation when there are men of integrity and women of integrity that are standing up for Jesus. We met up with him and his wife. Wow, you know, what a what an amazing uh, couple, just prayer warriors standing in the gap, really like a Daniel in our nation. So if you've missed it, go and watch it on the Facebook page or the YouTube um, link. Um, and especially the questions afterwards, people ask some tough questions. And we can learn so much when people respond in high positions. You know, he's almost as high as the president, um, the head of the judiciary in South Africa. And he's born again, spiritful. He loves the Lord. How many of you were there or watched the Facebook page? I was, I was so encouraged. You know, if you missed out, then if you snooze, you lose. Okay. But let's pray for them and let's, let's learn from also the way that he responded. Very, very focused and very, um, humble in that way. Okay, we, um, our theme for this year is Let's Stand. And, uh, it's amazing how many times it's been confirmed every time, you know, especially for Christians in our nations and this nation. Uh, there's a lot of people that are running around in fear, a lot of people speaking bad stuff. And, uh, yes, we need to be real, but we cannot respond in fear. <laughs> uh, we have to respond by faith. We have to listen to what God says. And then respond to that. We don't build our lives around our circumstance. And so there's a saying we had for the past couple of weeks. We will never change the world by going to church. We will only change the world by being the church. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, at the beginning of the year, we spoke about Jehoshaphat and how he sent the army um, of singers before, um, or the singers before the army. And um, it's a beautiful picture of worship and praise, and uh, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit, just maybe a, a, bit, a bit of a different angle um, this morning on that. Um, so we're going to talk about the song of the Lord. Um, I, I never thought God sings, but the scripture actually says that God also sings. You know, there's a lot of singing in the in the heavenlies, and um, I'm I don't know about you. I don't I don't sing publicly, but I do sing in the shower. Okay. Because I know there the angels directed straight up into heaven. Okay, so there I close all the doors and I sing, you know, I sing out loud. Um, and this is why the song we sang today, you know, I'm going to sing a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. is such a prophetic song for this time for the church worldwide. That we must start to sing who God is, we exalt him. And there's something that happens when we sing. I, it's not just a, a bunch of words that comes together. It's not just like, hey, that was nice rhythm. That was the nice key, you know, CM minor plus plus, you know, minus minus times six. You know, I don't know what all those, all those stuff is, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The worship, the worship band was cool this morning or the worship band, ugh, they didn't really make it. You know, the drums wasn't so amazing, you know, but, uh, you know, I like it when James worship, when Jason, he's a bit Nigerian, you know, uh, you know, but the other Jason, you know, you know, is, is, you know, and, and Pity, you know, he goes with his foot like this. It irritates the life out of me, you know. 
Um, and, and so much of our worship has become, we worship the worship song. But I must say, the most powerful worship service I've ever been in was in China. In Midland China, we t- it took us four hours to get up to this service, a worship service. And when we walked into the room, um, there were probably 800 people lying on their faces, worshiping the Lord, but not singing one song for four hours. And the presence of God was so tangible because worship is bringing ourselves to God. It's who we worship. It's not about the song or the rhythm. or the, It's got nothing to do with songs, really. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes you can worship, but your mind is all over the place. You're out there somewhere, you know, thinking about yesterday or thinking about next week. And then in China, I learned what worship really is. It, it, um, the first hour just took me to quiet my mind. <laughs> you know, and think like, whoa, this is my whole paradigm shift. You know? <laughs> because, hey, we're going to go to the worship song. This is a worship evening. Woo, you know. Bring it on, yeah. I want to, I want to see how the Chinese sing, you know, the Wang Ching and Mi Ching and I Ching, you know, all that Chings, you know. Crazy stuff, but they just on our faces. Four hours. And after about an hour and a half, when all the distractions were gone, the Holy Spirit just came in. People started to weep. People started to get delivered. People were healed with anybody praying for them. See, worship is very different. Now let's go to this uh, scripture. It's a scripture that we quote many times Zephaniah 3 verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a scripture we quote a lot. You know, and, um, <clears throat> but God, God has a song to sing. And um, the revelations talk about the song of the bridegroom and the song of the bride, how she responds. So our worship is just a response to to God. It's it's not it's not to switch on the the electric, you know, the the little lights. I say, oh, yeah, lekka lekka, you know, let's let's switch on God by our singing. Okay, now it's off, and now when I come and I want to worship Him, this is what I do through my worship. I switch on God. You don't do that. We just join with the song of the Lord. Because the angels are always singing. It's not like God says, Oh, oh, show us Stellenbosch, they are worshipping now, so let's be quiet. Oh, oh, let's, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Now my faith is stirred because they're singing. <laughs> We're just joining the song of the Lord. Amen? And so the Lord God is in your midst, the mighty one. We don't switch on God. God is here. God is with us. We got, you know, and so, so even tomorrow morning when you wake up and you don't want to sing, then just say, okay, Lord, what, what are you saying? What is your word saying? And I align myself to what God is doing. Uh, we don't pray and say, oh, please, God, be with me. Oh, please, God, please, please, when we worship you, then things are going to happen. It's simply God is with us. He says, you will be with us even to the end of the age. Can I get an amen? It's getting very quiet here, okay? Now we're going to, I'm going to go quickly through a couple of scriptures and then we're going to sing. Okay, but we're not going to sing because we sing. We're going to sing because we want to worship the Lord. And something happens prophetically. And listen to this. In Luke, it's a story we all know, um, where the, Jesus came on the donkey into Jerusalem. And this was a prophetic song. This was what the prophets have prophesied. Isn't it it's so amazing that if you just study the, the prophecies of the Old Testament about Jesus, 
and you look at how Jesus came, then there's no way that you can even doubt whether he existed. If you just look at biblical prophecies and what he even said on the cross and how his life was fulfilled and how he lived, then, then you must, and I'm saying it with respect, you must, you, you must really try hard not to believe that he was the Messiah. You, know? you must really like make an effort not to believe when you just look at scripture. So here in Luke chapter 19, and as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. So this is this moment. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. And then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord! Okay, there's an exclamation mark there. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Okay, so that's how you should read scripture because there's always exclamation mark there. Okay, so now half of you are awake. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to him, I will tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and then he started to weep. Because it was the same people that worshipped him now that crucified him a couple of chapters later. How is that possible? The same people that worshipped him now. Now, there was a spontaneous worship. There was a spontaneous just cry out when Jesus came. And he said, this moment is such a prophetic moment that if you are not going to worship, the, the stones will cry out. You know. So even as um, when Mugeng was coming this week, it's, you know, lots of people think, oh, it was a nice talk, but it's a prophetic statement to Stellenbosch. He said a, a couple of things, and if, if, you, if you don't understand and know what God is doing, then you say, oh yeah, he's a nice man, he gives me some hope. But when, when God sends somebody like that, he's, he said some prophetic stuff. And we can receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, or we can reject. But so here Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and he says, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Many people don't recognize Jesus when he comes because of cultural stuff, because of fear, because of oppression. And so that's why it's so important in this time in our nation, especially, do not respond in fear. Do not worship God in fear. Do not worship God because you want to, because we can miss God with what he's doing because we're trying to twist God's arm. And that's not how we pray. That's not how we worship. Our worship is a response. And so these guys were worshiping God because they were so relieved that something is happening and, and we're going to overthrow the Romans and all of that stuff. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Glory. And it was, they were, it was a spontaneous eruption. And then Jesus walks on a little bit and then he looks over Jerusalem. And then he says, even if you just knew the time of your visitation. But because you are blind, there's no sight. Not one stone, Jerusalem, will be left upon each other. And 70 years after that, we know this prophecy came true. Was God cursing Jerusalem? No. They were not receiving Jesus for who he was. But it happened. He saw what was going to happen because they worshipped the Jesus of their own making. 
They wanted a Messiah that would come and rule and just bring it on and overthrow the Romans. And they, they were, because they were oppressed and in fear, they worshipped another Jesus than the one that came to Jerusalem. And 70 years later, nothing was left of Jerusalem. We also know that God birthed something out of that because then the church multiplied. <laughs> because they didn't, the church didn't want to go to Samaria. The church didn't want to go to the uttermost ends of the earth. The church didn't want to go and spread the gospel because they were Jews and just Jews can get saved, you know. And so God said, sure, it's going to happen. A lot of Christians in the West don't think that persecution will come to the West. But I'm going to say something very respectfully now. But I, I want to say it. If we don't wake up as the church in the West, great persecution is coming. If we just hold everything to ourselves, then God has no option but to put the pressure on to send us out. That's the story of the Bible. <laughs> so the challenge is, church, are we going to wake up? Are we going to say yes? You know, And that's why I love to be in South Africa at this moment. Because there's no comfort. You know, lots of people want to run away. Lots of people want to hide away. But you can't. You have to now press into God and say, God, what you said, you cannot be a liar. I mean, <laughs> what you say is the truth. And so, so this is the opportunity for the church in South Africa to arise. Yeah, not too many amens, but hallelujah. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, why are you still smiling like that? I can see something is happening. Okay. <laughs> Some people are like, I just saw three yawns, you know, on this side, just like, you know, the whole podium just moved like, you know, this whole blocks, everything moved a little bit closer to you. But so I'm still hanging on, okay, to Jesus. So <clears throat> one of the most amazing scriptures that we quote a lot of time, and it's it's sort of a prophetic song, part of what, what we're going sing, to be singing, but is Isaiah chapter 54. And so to sing prophetically is is to release God's word or to release what God is saying. And this is sort of a picture of the church of today. You know, there's a lot of scriptures and Isaiah was the guy who prophesied the most about the coming Messiah. He was very, very accurate. And so you cannot read Isaiah 54 without knowing what is in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is sort of one of the best chapters on a prophecy concerning Jesus, the Messiah. Says that he had no comeliness. He wasn't. He wasn't like you know. I, I I always think like these people that paint the pictures of Jesus. It's it's always amazing. He's always like white, you know. And then, but he wasn't actually. I don't think he was white. He was dark, more dark skinned. Sorry if I offend somebody, but he lived in the Middle East. So um, you know. And then he's got this beautiful hair and these beautiful eyes and he's like this. Just like model, you know, and I think like, no, but scripture says he had no comeliness, he had no good appearance. So Jesus probably wasn't the model that we sometimes picture, you know. And, uh, and he was, he was beaten beyond recognition. And so Isaiah 53 talks about this Messiah that would come. The cross and the victory and the freedom that he would bring to his people. And then it's followed up by Isaiah 54. He says, once you know the cross and the fullness of the cross and this Messiah who would set you free, then the response is to a people that are now barren and a people that are, are lost, the people that have got no clue. It says, sing, O barren one, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent 
And let them stretch out to the curtains of your dwellings. Now this is God saying to the church, a picture of the church. He said, sing! (laughs) It's sort of a command. He doesn't say, oh, sing when you feel like it. Sing when you're emotional. Sing when you like wake up and everything is going well. He says, sing in your barrenness. (laughs) When you're barren and you cannot, you know. Sing. Sing. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Yeah? A beautiful picture. What, what is the response to the cross? Is singing. What is the response to the Messiah? Is sing. Because then your barrenness will be broken. And we have so many examples of this like in scripture. You know when Paul and Silas was in prison. And they were trapped and they were probably going to get killed. And they just, in the middle of the night, 12 o'clock, they start to sing. The prison doors open up and then they don't even recognize that the prison open up, you know. they just on their knees worshiping God. See, too many people worship God because they want a breakthrough. We don't worship God because we want something from Him. Because worship doesn't change God. Worship changes us. <laughs> And so, so there's a response, there's a prophetic song that God wants to release in your life, especially when things don't go like you and I have planned it. These are, when, when things are not, not going great. You know, and there's amazing, there's, there are some saints that are just standing up, you know. The, this afternoon I'm flying out to Joburg and I'm going to preach there tomorrow. But I'm actually going, tonight, but actually going there for, for a couple tomorrow, you know. They've got news that the, the baby in their, in their womb is dead. Now, now I, I've never been there with people that are, are, are suffering. But, you know, speaking to the guy last night and just encouraging him and say, Hey, he says, I'm gonna, we're going to sing. We've, we've just been singing to God. You know, what, what if you were in that situation? You're trusting God for, for a miracle. Because they're trusting God for a miracle. So tomorrow morning, 5 o'clock, before they go into the hospital, we're going to be there and we're going to lay hands and say, God, even if things don't work the way we think, we're going to worship you. We're going to trust you for a miracle. You see, that's when true Christianity begins to shine. <laughs> Not when things go away. That's when true worship comes out. They, they say, squash the orange and you get orange juice, okay? Squash the Christian and you get sweet words. No, no, no. <laughs> Christ, the fragrance of Christ, you know. Anger, bitterness, yeah. But what happens sometimes if we squeezed? What comes out? Whoa. And the Lord is allowing that, a great shaking in the church. I, I believe this, I may be completely wrong, but there's a, there's a moving the sheep and the goats. There's a separate, separation between the sheep and the goats at the moment. Those who hear God's voice, those who respond to his voice, those who prophetically can see where he's going. And the goats, do you know what goats do? Goats bite. Goats destroy. I come from a farm. We used to farm with sheep, lots of sheep, and then we thought like, what a great idea to get some goats. It didn't last for two years. 
I think my dad still went and shot 30 of them because he just was like over it, you know. Because goats, even when they graze, they take the, the weed or whatever they eat and the grass and then they pluck out the grass with the roots. They just destroy everything. There's no life because they just take for themselves. They just take for themselves. But sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. Sheep follow. Sheep know the voice of the shepherd. So it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. Sheep respond. When the shepherd moves, we move. Not, doesn't matter how our circumstances play out or not. And so this is this response. Verse 4 of Isaiah 54. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither will you be disgraced, and you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He's called the God of the whole earth. Who is the God that we are worshipping? How great is your God? How great is the God that I'm worshipping? He measures the universe, the universe, in the palm. Whoa. He measures the universe in the palm of his hands. He's omniscient, omnipresent. Omnipotent. What does that mean? He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's outside of time. And so to try and put that God into a South African context, don't try. Our God is bigger and yet he reveals himself to us through sending his son. So we have nothing but when we join that song, when we... When he decide, I'm going to also start to sing that prophetic song that God wants to release over me, over my life, over my family. Whoa. And so the, the church gets in trouble when the prophetic is silenced. When God's voice is not heard anymore. And there's a contention, even in this town, going on for the voice of God. What is God saying and what is truth? And when we align with that, whoo. Bring it on. When we align with that, listen to this in Habakkuk. 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 Whatever. Okay, so however you pronounce that, okay? We, there's a beautiful Afrikaans song actually that sings this. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet... Yet, say yet. It's not an Australian thing. Yet, okay? The Australians say yeah, okay? Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God, who is your strength? The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels. Okay? It's not, not, not like a high heels like the ladies, you know? Not that. It just means like I walk on high places. And even if there's like... Like stuff down there. That was a flow joke. Okay, that was like, but in any case, some of you laughed. In any case, thank you for being polite. But so, uh, even if I walk on the edge, I will not be afraid. When I walk on the edge. Because sometimes it means I'm going to, there's going to be spaces where I think like, oh, oh, have you got, has anyone got Wichtefries, Heitefries? Okay. Now we once, when, when I was a student, we went to this, this road that you can go and walk here in Chabot. You know, it's called Suicide Gorge. It's not a nice name, but the, the idea is that you walk for a whole day and then you jump. You know, and the first jump is like three meters. 
No, not to death, okay? You jump into the water, okay? So, let's take 10 people, okay? Who's going to go first? Okay, you die first, okay? But, okay, this is a sacrifice we are willing to make. Okay, some people think like, oh, well, you're the only one left of the 10, okay? Because the first nine jumped. No, no, no. It's sort of, because what you do is there's like, there's like eight waterfalls or stuff, you know, pools that you need to jump into. So you go and then you stand and the first one is like two and a half meters or three meters and then you go down and then the last one is like 20 meters, 22 meters. So I was a little bit afraid, but because of the male ego, I decided I'm going to go with this gang, you know, and we, we, we're going to go, we're going to conquer it, you know, we're going to jump. And so now you stand there. Now we get to this first two and a half meter one and there's one of our friends he sits there and he says, I'm afraid of heights. I'm thinking like, did you not read the memo? Did you not read the email? Did you not hear what we were talking about for the last four weeks? So after an hour, he still has not jumped the first two and a half meters. So we decided, okay, we need to make a plan. So he moved off and now he's sitting like that. And then two of us just moved behind him. And we just helped him. You know, we encouraged him. Okay, he did a bit of a belly flop into the water, but it was amazing. He lost his fear of heights because there was another fear that replaced that fear, the fear of being thrown off the cliff. Okay, (laughs) fear is not always bad, but in any case, so it took us. We only got out late at night because of this guy that was afraid of heights, you know. Why am I saying that? Oh, oh, yeah, because of the, of sometimes you're going to stand there and you're going to feel like, oh, oh. this is what it says. Though, though, even if nothing works out, I will, I will rejoice in God. I will, I will worship the Lord. But see, it's not just for ourselves. Listen to this in Psalm 149. I want the band to come up. We're going to, we're going to spend some time to worship the Lord this morning. Psalm 149. Praise the Lord! <laughs> Sing to the Lord a new song. And he's praising the assembly of the saints. He says, when we come together, God wants to release a new song. Yeah, but I'm not feeling so good. You know, I'm actually feeling very tired and I feel very discouraged. The Bible says, put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. The devil in the world wants us to be quiet. And that's why, you know, even if you can't sing well, just put on a CD most of the students here don't know what a CD is. That's a round thing, you know, that shiny thing that you put into a little thing. Okay, download, download the iTunes and all the stuff. But whenever you go, like, and you feel a bit down and you feel a bit like, yo, make a decision to put on a garment of praise. So I will praise the Lord despite my circumstances. We sing this beautiful song, Psalm 46, hey, 48. Lord of hosts, you're with us. Lord of hosts, you're with us. And he's praising the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with a dance. Let him, them sing praises to him with a timbrel and a harp. I'm always amazed, you know, we say, and I want us to really think that this is a bit of a challenge because the Lord challenged me about two years ago, you know. What I sing, because I many times sing words, you know, and then what I do is I say, I lift my hands. To the coming king, to the great I am, to you I sing. Oh, you, are, you, are you lifting your spiritual hands? Are you, are you, are you, you know, I bow down. When you sing, I bow down, then bow down. <laughs> because what are you singing? You know, but we sometimes just singing because we're singing. 
I lift my hands. I shout hallelujah. Hallelujah! Not hallelujah. Let's not shout hallelujah. Then rather not sing what we are singing. Are you with me? Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Yeah? And the more they go, the softer we go. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. <laughs> and I wonder what, what the angels say is like. Wow, they're really singing loud now, you know? <laughs> Ooh, and then don't talk about dancing. I'm going to dance, dance in the river. <laughs> yeah? I move to the left. I move to the right. Huh? Oh no. Move to the left. Move to the right. I'm making a joke, but, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I was challenged by the Lord. I, the Lord says, what, what are, are you singing? What you, are you doing what you're singing? Don't be hypocritical, because if worship is just a song, then we begin to sing these songs because we sing to the tune, but it's not our hearts are far from him. So do what you say you do. Just do it. Okay. Oh, that's not scripture, it's Nike. But in any case, let's go. <laughs> I just want to sort of like, because some people are like, oh, you know. And I know for some of us, you know, we stand there, and then we say, I, I lift my hands. Then, then at least just do it like this. Just go for a half mercy, okay? Just, just like, just at least go like this. Just, just start somewhere. Okay? I'm gonna dance before the Lord. Then at least just go like, start somewhere. Just, just give one step. One step. Just, just start to like. And if you're really free, then you go like. And don't worry, nobody's watching you. Nobody's watching you. Except the angels. They're watching you. But yeah. But it's amazing how we get hypocritical because we like, we're thinking too much about ourselves when we should just say, Holy Spirit, help me to see the God that I'm worshiping. Open up my eyes. And this is what this psalm is saying. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. The Lord beautifies those who worship him. The Lord takes pleasure in it when we come together. He doesn't think like, oh, this Indra claim. You know, Liam and Vim played too much golf this week. And they used three swear words on the golf course three times. Three swear words on the golf course. Separate them away from me, yeah? But did you know God actually takes pleasure in his people? God loves it when you and I come together this morning. Even if you sing false. Even if you have no rhythm. You know? Even if you can't dance, but you're just like bringing your heart. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Sure. Early in the morning. And then verse 6, it touches on something. He says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You see, a lot of things that people are singing are not biblical these days because it's just surrounded about us or a nice song. That's why it's great to have people like James around because they, 
they look at every song whether it's biblical or not. Because we can't sing a song that doesn't say who God is. But unfortunately, a lot of songs today, especially the charismatic church, is just about me, I. And that's why you've, you've seen probably in the last two months, we've changed all the songs, us and we. We don't sing I and me. You don't get it in scripture. Especially when we come together. It's about us worshiping God. It's not about I, me, and myself. I worship me. For this is my desire to love me more. My desire is to have a greater time with the Lord. Because I'm at the center of this worship. And if he doesn't come through for me, I'm going to throw a tantrum. But if you are the center of that song, how is God magnified? But there's loud praises because when that song comes, we go into the prophetic, we go into worship, but we also go into warfare. Because there's something powerful when the saints start to worship together, when we start to proclaim who God is over Stellenbosch. Things begin to happen in the spiritual realm. So singing is not just about us coming together, having a nice song. And yeah, that was nice. Something shifts in the spiritual realm. Go and look at Daniel. Go and look at these guys when they prayed, when they worshipped God. The archangel comes to Daniel and says, because of your prayers, because of your devotion to God, because of your giving alms, I've responded. But it took 21 days I resisted the prince of Persia to get things are happening in the spiritual realm at the moment. There's a contention for the space over our town. And there's a lot of shaking happening. You see, God will always send prophetic people like Umuching that came this week. He will send them just to speak God's word. And then we can either embrace it or we can just go on with our lives. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.